don't have any processes. I don't train my guys, okay, you've got to say this, you've got to say that. We are just who we are, you know, we love being here, the guys that um, that have jobs as trainers, you know, uh, Dan Skinner, Barry Oliver work full-time for me. Um, Kaylee loves being in the gym, you know, Chris Tiger White, who used to work for me when he finished his fight career before he, he shifted away, just love doing what they're doing. So that carries over because you're happy. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. I oh, am. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. Hey, this is George Free, and welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast. So today I'm local and I'm live, so something new, not on the virtual face-to-face. So I'm joined today by Darren Reese. Hey, hey Darren. Hey, Good, good, good. Darren Reese, well, long history in Muay Thai. I'm going to let him share all the stories. Depending on where you're watching this, here in Perth, there's a big Muay Thai movement. And many, if I can almost say all, but most of the paths lead to Rivers and Darren Reese. And uh, if we're sitting here in a in a room of, how do you describe it? Memorabilia, um, like yeah. newspaper articles, trophies. Uh, which I'll add here as a, as a separate little video. So um, we're just going to have a chat as we do. So thanks for jumping on. No worries, George. Thanks for having me. Cool. So why don't you just give us a, a quick run up? You know, who is Darren Reese? Oh, well, my, my fight nickname was, was the Riddler. That got given to me by uh, Michael Chevello, who used to come table the fights on, on uh, Fox Sports. On Fox Tell, he's obviously gone on to onto very big things around the world, commentating, chief commentator, commentating fights. Um, he gave me my fight name. Um, back then, all the fighters used to call one another by their by their names, you know, to the point that sometimes they didn't even know the person's first name. It was just, hey, Riddler, hey, Nugget, hey, Pitbull, stuff <laughs> like that, you know. So been in Muay Thai since 1989. I started, I started training. Um, in a combination of Muay Thai and Zendokai, um, got into it and loved it straight away, knew it was what I wanted to do. Um, was actually at uni and decided to leave uni because I wanted to be a fighter, <laughs> which uh, didn't go down that well with the parents. Um, but eventually, especially my mum, you know, came around and, and supported what I was doing. So how do you how do you describe that uh, career path to your professors professors and lecturers? Ah, uh, well, University of Muay Thai, I guess I've been been to um, for thirty years, so it's a pretty big degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was definitely the the right choice, and very happy in my life and. Uh, what has been created and what's going on. So um, I think it was a good choice. Yeah, totally. 
So, so we're sitting here at Riddler's, but I, before we get into just Riddler's and you know, anything else that's going on, walk us through, you know, how do you get started? You know, we were talking about, um, we had a chat earlier about you uh, living and training in, in, in Thailand as well. Uh, give us a bit of a background of your career. Uh, well, as I mentioned, I, I started in uh, Muay Thai and Zambokai, um, which was a, a martial art that kind of blended everything, the best of everything in progression is what Zambokai stands for. Um, most people in WA, Perth, in the early days, started with the BJC, Bob Jones Corporation. Um, I chose, after training for a while, having my first, first or my first two fights that I really wanted to pursue um, the path of fighting. Um, my trainer uh, back then, Sean Allen, that wasn't so much the or that wasn't the path that we wanted to go see. He, he advised me to, to move on and go to someone that specialised in, in Muay Thai. Um, and from there, I started to discover Thailand. Obviously, it's so close to Australia and um, Muay Thai was starting to become known, um, more and more exposure to it over, over here. Um, a, uh, a Thai person, Pon Nardi, famous pioneer in, um, in WA especially, was putting on shows and bringing over uh, well-known world champion ties that just really got my, really got my interest in them to Thailand. Um, training trips because so I think the first time was um, for one month and then the second time was overstaying my three-month visa by a month and staying there for four months um, and then you know another three three months trip like that every year I was making sure I was doing it and then I lived there from uh, 97 to early 2000 so this did about yeah for about three and a half years straight so I went there, went there for uh, the uh, Kings Cup World, uh, World Championships, and which I won and stayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loved it, loved it. So how difficult is it for you know someone from Australia or you know from I guess from you know Western society to fit in with the Thai culture and the whole Muay Thai scene and actually and actually make something of it. Back when I was I was going there, um, there weren't the the camps down in Phuket and Kostanui. There was there was WMC Lamai Gym in uh, Kostanui, which is still around and going strong now. Uh, but back then, that was pretty much one of the few uh, Western places that you could go uh, in Pattaya and Thailand. There was Utong, uh, which was world famous, and that's where all the Westerners were going early on. That's where I went my. My, uh, my second trip and spent my four months in comparison to now where, you know, the ties have realised that it is a, it can be a tourist thing, uh, just increasing the exposure of it. It's great for the Thai economy and Thai culture and obviously the spread of Muay Thai. It's now, you know, it truly is a world sport and people from all over the world go to these training camps now in Thailand and, you know, it's not a matter of being accepted or anything like that. It's just you go there and you train. Um, so very, very early on, as I said, those kinds of places weren't, weren't around. Um, and the the camp that I spent my my three and a bit years, uh, St. Morocot, Jim in Bangkok, 
um, a large part of that time I was the only you know white person there training with professional professional ties. It was a professional camp in Bangkok, so it was just the ultimate experience. It was obviously very challenging. There was very little English back then. Um, I had to learn Thai, um, which I want to do anyway, living in the country. And yeah, it was a great exposure. Mm. So fast forwarding a bit, how did Rupert come about? Rupert came about in that in the latter part of my career, um, where I was full time, I obviously started to think about the, the future. Actually, I knew very early on that um, I wanted to to teach to teach Muay Thai. That it was going to be my career after competing after fighting um so i did make plans for a very long time lots of i've got lots of books still got notebooks with notes and ideas gym names and systems and things that i wanted to have in place so it was a, it was a long a long plan and then when i got to that stage of my fight career I knew that I needed to start thinking of the future or putting it into action, so to speak. So um, I started doing a started doing a few PTs, a couple of couple of small classes, um, and then the, the PTs started to build up, and then that led to okay, it's time to time to start the start the gym. So um, I funny funny story. One of my friends that I used I used to go to his house to train him. Um, I was training him in his garage underneath his house, which is in Leadable, not, not far from where we are now. And we finished the session and we were like, man, this is a good size for a gym. So it was about 80 or 90 square metres. It was about a triple-size carport. And um, he was looking to shift. So he shifted out of the house. I shifted into the house in Leadable, and that's where Riddler started. So I was lucky enough... You know, it's kind of a blessing that I only had one lot of overheads. I think rent and stuff like that is the big, biggest killer of, of new businesses. Um, so all I had to do was be paying my rent and I had the gym there. So Riddler's operated from there for about three, three and a half years until I started to get too busy and my neighbour complained <laughs> about parking and noise and that kind of thing. Um, I was getting up to 20 people turning up for evening time classes. Uh, I was training with fighters, uh, Eugene Eckleboom, uh, Chris Tiger-White, and a couple of my novice uh, newer guys that I was bringing up um, in, in the mornings so that I was free to do PTs and teach classes in the evening time, but had problems with the council because of the complaint. And then that pushed me again to take that next step and, and find, a, find a premises uh, which happened to be nearby, ran into a friend of mine, told him that I was needing to find somewhere because I was having council problems. He, said, he was uh, he was in a, in a butcher shop and a coffee shop and he's like, man, come and check out this place behind me. It's like not being used. We'd go and do some training there after work and we've got a bag hanging up and hit the bag and stuff like that. So I went in there and it was 200 square metres, so more than double what I had um, and it was just perfect. So that was that was where I started. Gotcha. You, you know the first uh, school I now speak to who's transitioned from uh, really focusing on those private sessions. We actually, in our, in our fighters program uh, that we work, I'm, I'm working with a gentleman on Thursday night and uh, we put together a program called Profit with Privates. Not that that was his way of getting started, but uh, they needed a, you know, to renovate the, the gym. So they, they put all their energy in, you know, how can they use private classes to stack up the cash? 
a good way to, to transition. So now you guys are, are you know, the main nerd, huge gym. But what I really want to like know from you is, you know, you've got all these champions and all these people that, that have come through Riddler's gym and, you know, reached such a high level. Mm. What do you think is the edge? Like, what do you do different that you create so many, so many people at such a high level? Um, two things. I, I think obviously it's my experience as from fighting um, that has sort of experienced all, all situations and in in fights, seeing what's going on and being able to read it from my experience, being able to communicate that to my fighters, but very importantly, having the respect of my fighters to the point that they listen and, and use that instruction for their game. So then it's like they're fighting with my experience, my time, with no matter what level they're at, you know. So that's, that's one thing. And the other thing is having strong fighters. I have a saying, iron sharpens iron. So... Um, the more strong people that you have working together, the more and the better everyone grows. So if you're if you're like in a small gym that's like one champion fighter and you've only got other novices and stuff to work with, you're not getting that sparring and clinching and stuff like that that you need, or perhaps guidance from the trainer because you've outgrown the trainer. Whereas when you've got lots of those people around you, then you help one another to grow so yeah i love i love that saying iron sharpens iron and it's, it's very very true so from from those early days when i had the eugene eckleburns chad chad walkers kim olsons all those guys and for the smaller guys i had kaylee working with uh, chris tiger white with people and stuff like that so those guys all had that you know, that common size and got to work hard together spar hard clinch hard so, yeah. Gotcha. So, you, so you've got, I mean, first, first and foremost, you've got the right people, you know, and, and the champions attract more champions that want to, you know, obviously people see their success of that everyone that trains here is having, and, and that sends more, more people around. Is there anything else that you really focus on? Lots of, lots of technique. We're, we're big on technique, uh, big on skill, but also big on strong basics. I personally, you know, don't use lots of, fancy uh, techniques and things like that. I'll, I'll stick with strong basics and we work those, hammer, those basics, we hammer them over and over again. Everyone is, uh, all my guys are extremely fit, um, well, well conditioned and, you know, we're kind of known for that. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit about Riddlers and you've got all the fight shows and things like that. Uh, well, I've promoted for shows actually before I actually even started the gym, I, I started promoting with a with a fellow group, um, splitting the splitting the load between us. Um, that was when I was still fighting, so I was fighting on shows, um, but we were a big group promoting together. Um, that led to uh, just a partnership and promoting. I've always felt the need to promote because of the level of guys that I have as fighters. I felt like when guys gain experience, there's obviously uh, a lot less fights locally and even interstate. So if you sit there waiting for the fights to come or there's no fights, more so there's no fights, fighters lose motivation, they're not in the, the gym training, you know, these things can happen. So by having a regular schedule of fights, um, 
they have those goals that keeps the fighters motivated, you know. If they know that they're guaranteed three or five fights per year, they're more likely to stay motivated and, and in the gym. Um, and then if anything else comes up, and this happens a lot these days because there's a lot more promotions around, a lot more going on, um, a lot of interstate opportunities come um, and you can take fights on fairly short notice. Like I get, I get lots of calls um, from interstate promoters. We get lots of trips away. Um, and because we're having a big fight team, the promoters also know that they're not just going to get one fighter. If they need three or four, chances are, strong chances are that we're, we're going to be able to fit that. So they end up with three or four fight, big fights on a card with one trainer. So it saves a lot of, a lot of money So we get a lot of fights that way. What's the big drive? I mean, you've, you've built this machine. I mean, obviously you've got the love for the Muay Thai and you know, passion for the sport, but what, what keeps you going? What's the big drive for you? I guess helping people on the path that I got to got to follow, you know, leading your guys, passing on your experience, seeing them use it to grow in their experience and just get to live get to live their dreams, you know, to, uh, to, to fight and, and compete. You know, maybe it's achieved titles, but... For, for a lot, it's just actually, you know, competing and doing it. I love supporting and helping that, trying to uh, help them achieve those dreams. Mm. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm trying to dig for things that we haven't haven't asked. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at something here that says 10 things you don't know about Darren Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how old these are, but... Uh, yeah, these are, these are pretty old. <laughs> so back then... What's changed? Uh, <laughs> yeah, quite a, quite a, quite a few... Um, there's one here. I do not do not have an iPhone. Don't have an iPod. Don't use Facebook. Don't use Twitter. Download music or burn CDs. I still don't do a lot of those things, but I do definitely have an iPhone and I uh, use Facebook. Um, it's a fantastic um, business tool and just connecting with people. Um, good for promoting things. It's really it's really changed the way that we that we advertise our our businesses, as you well know. Um, and even for fight shows, you know, we used to get thousands and thousands of flyers and posters and stuff done up for shows now and, you know, have to do flyer drops and, and um, pay for poster distribution and things like that to try and get it out. But it was very, it was, didn't have a high success rate because it wasn't really a target market. And now with, with Facebook, where you're promoting it through people that are in the industry or friends of those people are getting those fighters to share things about their fights. Um, it's just it just hits the target market so much more. So it's really it really has changed how we have to do things and we have to have to evolve. So I've kind of evolved yeah. to it. having <laughs> said that I'm still not overly technical. I'm not not huge on the computer. Um, you know, I, I use some Facebook, a little bit of Instagram, but um, I'm still by no means an expert on it. And the, thing, and the things that I do right, right are what I what I feel. The same as the things with Rivers Gym with the business. You know how we how we treat people. Um, you know everyone always comments on how friendly the gym is and um, the, you know the great vibes that we have here in the community and things like that. And it's it's nothing that we've ever tried to enforce or push or anything like that. I've just got the right trainers and the um, you know the right personalities and it's just how everyone is you know yeah. you say hi to everyone have conversations with them and 
I guess people can't really believe it, but it's what we love doing. For sure. But you might be selling yourself short there as well, right? Because that's, that's got to come from the top. You know, so if that's, mm. if that's the type of person you are yeah. and you have, you've set the tone for that culture. Yeah. Then, you know, that's, that's what's going to take. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's going to catch on. Yeah. That's been a big part of the, um, the community here, you know, despite all the champions that we've had and have here at the gym. No one is really put up on a pedestal, and so there's no egos. No one's no one's put up on that pedestal, you know. Um, we promote all the fighters equally, you know, all the members. No one's really any more important than anyone else, um, and it stops, or not not stops. It doesn't create that monster, yeah. that monster thing that can can affect an environment or a community. So, you know, just from having those that strong culture. Your a lot of your marketing is actually the fun because you know that's that's in, you know sort of enforcing the culture and people talk. Um, then that's the message that comes across. Mm-hmm. You know, without much much effort. Is we spoke a bit about culture earlier. Is there, is there certain things that you focus on that that really shapes the culture, or do you really just stick to you know who you are and that sort of resonates? We just you? really speak. Oh. You know, um, stick to who we are. Like we don't have any. We don't have any processes. I don't train my guys. Okay, you've got to say this, you've got to say that. We are just who we are. You know, we love being here. The guys that um, that have jobs as trainers, you know, uh, Dan Skinner, Barry Oliver work full time for me. Um, Kaylee loves being in the gym. You know, Chris Tiger White, who used to work for me when he finished his fight career before he, he shifted away, just love doing what they're doing. So that carries over because you're happy. You know, and you're motivating people and when you're teaching and pushing people and seeing them give it a crack and just loving it, plus you're getting to pass on what you're passionate about and seeing other people enjoy it, it just makes you feel good inside. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next for you? Where things headed for Darren Reese and Rupert's doing? Oh, look, I, to be honest, my, my focus has changed or not not changed but my my focus has broadened in that you know i'm not interested in expanding the business i don't want to work more hours kaylee and i have had uh two boys so we've got i've got two sons which we've had in the last three years Max turns three at the end of the month leo's nine months um and to be honest i just want to spend as much time with them as i can I don't, want to, I don't want to, in a few years, go, oh, damn, I was busy. I wish I'd spent more time with the boys Perfect. because they're only young for a, you know, a period of time. You know, in a, in a couple of years, they're going to be in school and then they're going to be teenagers and not want to hang out with me anymore because I'm not the cool guy. So uh, I want to make the absolute most of that. So to be honest, I'm happy with keeping Riddlers the way it is. I've got no interest in expanding, opening another premises, getting bigger. I just love where I'm at so that I'm enjoying life. I don't feel like I have to work harder and I'm still still working hard, but I'm also working smarter. Um, And I've got great trainers, great team around us, um, which keeps things the way that they are. Yeah. and keeps me happy and I still 
my fighters still get lots of uh, lots of attention and lots of focus, and I don't feel that I'm doing any any lesser job. Everyone's getting uh, getting some really big fights and, and still stepping up and growing through the, the state level, national level, and international level. Yeah, so. I love that because uh, sometimes it's you know you can the focus can be growth for the sake of growth. Um, you know, when is enough mm-hmm. enough? You know, and if, if, if you've reached that point in your life and you know family comes first, and that's where you want to want to spend time. And you know, I think the gym is awesome, producing great fighters. Uh, you know, and it's, it's it's providing for you and your family, and you get to do what you love every day. Why yeah. why change? Yeah. Why complicate? Yeah, what's well, it? Yeah, like I, I want to train every day. I, I want to have you know, I want to have an hour for myself and. And train, whether it be uh, hitting pads or doing some strength and conditioning, doing some crossfit stuff. You know, um, I, I love it and want to do that, and that, that keeps me happy, keeps me sane. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, especially with the boys, where it's you know go go go, and it's it's all about them. You, you need that sort of switch off time and just be able to get in your own zone and and just uh, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've just reached that. Uh Coolness of dad has dropped. Yeah, you know, I was I was cool, but uh, thirteen, my son being thirteen, uh, yeah, I can see my coolness on the decline mm-hmm. very quickly. Well, it's it's hard. not at its end. That would be hard to accept. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, cool, Darren. Thanks, thanks so much for uh, for hanging out and sharing. So, um, just quickly, if if, if people want to know more about you, and um, we won't release this in the time of of your next fight show coming up, but but tell us about your fight shows because you have quite a couple. In circulation, and yeah. if people want to reach out to you, where they where can they find you? Yeah, we can. Uh, if you're interested in coming down and, and trying Rivers Gym, we've obviously got a um, a fairly active uh, Facebook page. Um, we've got a website, uh, riversgym.com.au. You can uh, check us out. It's got all about the trainers, our full schedule, pricing, everything's on there. And our fight shows. Keep an eye out for Epic Fight Promotions. Epic, we're up to number twenty one. And which focuses on our professionals and our main experience guys. Uh, and then my wife, Kaylee, loves to promote her show. Uh, it's called Evolve. It's coming up this Sunday. Um, that's focused on grassroots Muay Thai, and she'll have a couple of main card fights, um, including the MTA state title, which she's got on this one. And she works very hard to, to bring that for the, for the fighters. It's something that she feels like she wants to, to do on her own. And, uh, give back to the sport that did so much for her. Yeah, perfect. Hey, awesome. Darren, thanks, thanks so much for much, hanging thanks out. everyone. Speak soon. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now, and or just have a a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group and in there I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So it's called the Martial Arts Media Community and an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group. So martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P. Uh, there's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group. That will take you straight there. Uh, request to join and I will accept your invitation. 
Thanks. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.